When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, as you know, I host another podcast, Quarantine Comics, where ace reporter and fellow nerd Ryan Joe and I recommend some really great comics to each other. Ryan's made more than a few appearances on Modern Minorities, so he should be no stranger to your ears. And I think by now you know how I feel about comics. They are so much more than just superheroes and sci-fi. Comics are an amazing storytelling medium that covers a myriad of topics like drama, action, comedy, and documentary, just like film, TV, theater, and even podcasts. And honestly, there are a number of minority perspectives that we have yet to really cover on this show, including those of the transgender community. So you may have heard in the headlines about one of the most banned books in America, Gender Queer by Maya Kobabe, which shares a singular, illuminating minority perspective for all of our majority years. So it felt appropriate to share Ryan and my chat about this important work, which I hope you'll listen to and check out wherever you get your favorite books. So I hope you enjoy our chat about the graphic novel, Gender Queer. You know, I'm not used to incorporating these... Specific pronouns? Yeah, yeah, at all in sentences. So it requires me to actually think about it. And, you know, it kind of actually sounded out. Does it sound right? It doesn't really sound right. Because I'm not, again, I'm not familiar with it. So I appreciate how Kababi articulates... It is air. Air mentality and how it shifts over okay so cut that a little bit i don't think we need to go into all the whole flustering of how flustered i was about this because that's embarrassing i don't know man i i don't 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 put all of it in there let's just like you a little bit yeah yeah just cut judiciously i don't mind a little bit but if yeah fun fact usually especially now that i have not as much time i do like heavy edits on the front and then by the end i'm like i'm done yeah i do that too i I don't give a shit i'm just sort of like (laughs) did we end it correctly and then that's it and, and honestly, most people stop listening 20 minutes in. Comics we need to read more of on this podcast? Rob Liefeld. No, I, I think we're sworn off of tiny ankles and pouches. I, I was going to say banned books. Well, Raman, that's going to be everything soon, given given current trends. <sighs> yeah, I, I think at the rate we're going, we're only going to be allowed to read things like Peanuts and Dilbert. I got to tell you, Raman, I've never been a big fan of Scott Adams comics, just his political philosophy. <laughs> Oh, God. I think we just got canceled. I'm Roman Segel. And I'm Ryan Joe. And we are two dudes who aren't waiting around for a banned booktober. No, we're not. But what are we reading this week, Roman? <laughs> this week, we're reading Maya Kobabe's Gender Queer, a memoir, created in 2014 by Maya Kobabe, 
who uses the E.M. Air pronouns, create a cathartic autobiography of Air's experience with gender identity, from crushes to fanfic, from coming out to making out to getting her family on board with Air new pronouns. What started as a series of Instagram posts to explain to the author's family what it means to be non-binary and asexual, genderqueer became so much more than a personal story. It is a useful and touching guide on gender identity, what it means, and how to think about it for advocates, friends, and humans everywhere. And then it became the most banned book in the country. <sighs> yeah. What started as a simple moving explanation of gender identity with the potential to create so much greater empathy and understanding for all of us got picked up by a parent on the wrong side of history. And then a social media firestorm resulted, snowballing into headlines around the country with dozens of schools pulling it from library bookshelves around the country, from the Carolinas to Texas to Virginia, with many officials labeling it as quote-unquote pornographic. But we're not here to talk about the controversy surrounding the book. Well, maybe we will. But we're here to talk about the work itself. So, Ryan, look, when I first read this book, it moved me. In light of all the other not-so-positive bullshit happening in our society, in our country, I think it felt really important for us to revisit genderqueer. So, I don't know, man. What'd you think? Uh, yeah, I loved it. I really appreciate the way Kobabi articulates air mentality as he navigates air sexuality and gender identity. Because typically, when you think about somebody who's non-binary, I think to the extent that we are really formally educated, we actually really, there really is no formal education on it, right? No. So the, the- Well, there's the, books like this, which are being banned. <laughs> right. So the traditional thinking, I think, is like, well, it's somebody who was born biologically one gender who wishes they were another gender. So it's a, it's sort of, and obviously there are people but, but out I'd there- But I'd be careful, who, but I'd be careful there. And like, Ryan, and I don't know the answers to this. I genuinely don't. And over the last- Five or 10 years when transgender started to become something more known and understood, never mind accepted, because I don't think we're there as a society. I, it's something, you said something funny, wishes. It's no, it's not a wish as, as far as I read it. It's like, this is who they are. And I, I don't have the answers. I genuinely don't. And this book, I don't even want to say unsettled me. It, made me wonder about what do I actually know about this? And I, I've read it twice now, and I get it more than I did before, but I'd be lying if I said I fully got it. And that's okay. That, that's why you have to have more stuff like this. Right. Well, I think there just aren't a lot of memoirs, at least not that I've read, that really dive into what is the interiority like as you wrestle with this, as you come of age. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that Kobabi is a really, really just a, a great visual storyteller. He articulates a very complex and confusing time in her life, but does it in a way that's very simple. Like there's these, this is not a very wordy comic. And actually, so as a point of contrast, we, 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 we reviewed Batman White Knight and you have this whole almost like pages of the Joker trying to articulate why he's so obsessed with Batman and it's just so freaking wordy. And at the end of the day, I still don't understand what the fuck he's thinking versus like Maya Kobabi is also articulating air interiority, but does so in a way that is so clear and makes so much sense and really puts you into air shoes. So I actually really, really appreciated that. And it's sort of rare that you have a memoir that is both this clear and this honest and also trying to describe something that 
it's something that's often not often described. Something you said like resonates like the cartoonists who we've read on this pod where the simplicity is enraging. They make it look so easy, which means they are a master of their craft. And I'm, I would assume E spent so much time wrestling with what to say and what not to say, but they yeah. make it so easy. And again, are there other cartoonists out there like Jean Lun Yang, like the Tamaki cousins, etc., that do this well? And it's weird with fiction that like the Batmans and the the Alan Moore stuff and the Grant Morrison stuff that we've read. I feel like with the that fiction, it has to have like a cinematic quality to it. And mm. with a lot of these things, be it Year of the Rabbit or My Friend Dahmer or Gender Queer, when you have this documentary cartoonist take, be it a memoir or a historical fiction or a historical nonfiction, you can take certain liberties and have that documentary style, be it introspective or commenting on a bigger movement in society or history. But damn it, he makes it look so easy. And that's what's so disarming about this book. It's it's not a cartoon. It's it is very lifelike. It is very real. I was troubled. It's funny. While yes, I learned a lot about something I did not understand and fully know, and I still do not, but I could relate to it. Like there were parts of this, yeah. and I think that that was the beauty of this. That's what made me understand A's experience more. That oh, A's just like me. I've had not those exact feelings, but the uncertainty, love, kissing, crushing, all those things. There, there were some familiar notes. They weren't all there they were few and far between but it was that commonality which drew me in and which disarmed me to want to understand more and that's what makes me so fucking angry at people banning a book like this like it's it's books like this that are helping us understand something that we do not understand and to ban it says we should not understand it which is bullshit in my opinion well the thing is is like michael bobby was essentially alone he went through this whole wrestling First with their sexuality, then gender identity, before finally starting to to figure it out. And there really wasn't a lot of literature. Like, Ian kind of embraced LGBT literature, but I don't get the sense that there was, like, a lot for her to really dive into. And the reason this book is important is because there are probably kids and by the way, Kobabi didn't write this, I don't think, with, with kids in mind. He originally wrote it for an adult audience, and it just happened to get picked up by, by a YA audience. Well, and what's interesting but, about that, and this is where I, I – this is definitely not both sidesism, but I, was, I always try to read reviews of this book, and it was interesting upon Googling the book – to just literally watch the sheer split in the internet, much like the sheer split in our society on this book. And the one thing I will say is, I don't think this book specifically should be read in elementary, but it should be available in middle school, maybe and definitely high school. And I think a lot of the pushback from parents and the book banning, and maybe these people are being like demonized a little bit. Yeah, look, there's comics like Reina Telegemeyer, who I discovered one of her books is actually on the banned book list which is shocking to me, but my daughter likes the first couple books. And my wife was like, I don't want our six-year-old reading her third book drama because it's about boys and kissing and stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Like, Ed, and are there 
some explicit elements in this book. There's talk of masturbation and lust and sex. Yeah, sure. So yeah, maybe an elementary school kid shouldn't read it. But the fact that the headlines pick up on that and say it was being banned, I actually agree. There are some books. I I do want my daughter to know that there are queer people, that there are trans people in the world. And But this book might not be the first book that I would want her to be exposed to that. There's actually a great kids book by Holly Hatam, someone I've had on my other podcast, that does talk about trans identity. And it's done in a more kid-appropriate way. So it's like, I can understand some of the tension of this book. Yeah, I don't think Kobabi was ever ever writing this with... Kobabi was not writing this for children in mind. No, with not, at all. Mind. not at all. Kobabi was not writing this with, I don't think, young adult, teenagers in mind. And I, I think Kobabi was writing this just for herself to, to, yeah, yeah. To, to sometimes there's some, there's catharsis. Now I'm speculating. There's catharsis in writing, right? You, you have a greater understanding of something when you write it down, when you're forced to turn it into a story. But that being said, anytime there's any book, anything that has a frank discussion of sexuality, there's always going to be a contingent of people who clenching their pearls, right? Por- yeah. Pornographic. This is, it's a Judy Bloom thing. Also one of Judy mm-hmm. Bloom's books got banned because there was, it, it mentioned masturbation in it. So people freak out over stupid shit like that. They think that any discussion of sexuality is, is should be taboo is automatically pornographic. And then of course you add Kobabi's uncertainty about their sexuality and then later a gender and of course, you've got this firestorm that's just going to be bait for these. But what? like, fuck them, right? Like, who? Yeah, fuck them, fuck them. But, but no, I, but I, I just the one thing I want to emphasize with, like, and with a lot of the comics we read, right? The Junji Ito stuff. Like, I have a kid in my house who loves reading comics, and you don't give her, you don't give her Junji Ito. Maybe you just aren't giving her the right Junji Ito. No, no, but but in all seriousness, man, like I keep my books on my bedside table. There's a as a shelf in our living room where I keep a lot of the comics I get from the library or the books that we're looking at for this. And I really think about and she's now starting to read. She can read words. And there's some books where I keep the spine hidden or the book flipped over on the side or even if the back art because she's going to pick it up and flip through it. And I want to be really careful. And that's my job as a parent. And I yes. do understand that my daughter's elementary school library and I'm, I'm saying this, like, I, yeah, and I don't think Kobabe wanted this book to be in her in elementary school libraries. Maybe, maybe A did, maybe A didn't. But it's like, it's on the parent as well. But I absolutely think, I'm jumping to like the last question we always ask, like, I think any adult needs to read this book. I, I view yeah. this book, among many of the books that we read, as required reading in our society, because a comic makes the story more accessible. You can't boogeyman the talking points. When you're watching a kid or an adult cathartically work through what it was like to be a kid. I, I can't not empathize with A. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Went through. Right. Look, so I'm not a parent, obviously, so I probably shouldn't talk about parenting, but whatever. I always <laughs> felt that when you ban a book, you're shirking your duty as a parent. Anyone who yeah. bans a book does not want to be a parent because yeah. they want somebody else to be the parent. Because if your kid, okay, maybe accidentally picks up something that is above their age bracket 
or they're mm-hmm. they 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 encounter something that you didn't want them to really encounter at this young age. What do you do? You 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 have a conversation with them and you talk Absolutely. about yeah. right. So the people who are trying to ban this book, they're trying to avoid ever having that conversation. And that's the charitable way I think of thinking about it. What they're really trying to do is pretend that people like Michael Bobby don't exist. There are a yeah. lot of people who would prefer people like Michael Bobby don't exist, but they do. And I think that's what's so so evil about it. This book is it's a really helpful guide to people who are confused, I think, who who might have be going through something similar and who need to see somebody else going through something similar to feel less alone. I think this book could make people who uh, it could make us it can it, it could make some people feel less alone and help them navigate some confusing times in their lives. And you to know, ban it, 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 it's keeping them from it. And there's no real benefit to banning it, and there's a lot of harm to banning it, I think. That's funny. We said we weren't going to talk about the controversy yeah, until we, we did. But, but here, like, I want to come back to it. The book's actually really good. Yeah, let's <laughs> like, talk I about mean, the book. Yeah, it's, it's funny, and it's touching. And man, I wish my parents were as cool as air parents. And I, it's funny, like, I think fanfic is becoming cooler and interesting more, whether it's Kamala Khan or Maya Kababe, like, being into the space. And, like, I'll I'll just pick one scene that I found hilarious. A is asexual. So A doesn't like making out or having a lot of sexual experiences. And A wanted to write some fanfic about something. (laughs) And A literally had to set up a Tinder profile to, like, learn how to fool around. And I, so they could... They could write about it. And I thought that was hilarious. And then eventually, spoiler alert, they find a friend who could just do that for them. <laughs> like, can you just can you just write those parts for me? That would be easier. And it's just like there's all these like this. This book is so specific to air experience that I don't know. I think I think that's what really tugged at my heartstrings as I was reading this book. It was such a specific local experience. And that's that's what made it resonate. There were just so many funny moments. Yeah. Well, Kababi is is awkward, right? As 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 many young people are who are trying to figure out their place in the world. But to your earlier point, he's very relatable because of that. Aside from the unique circumstances of Air's life and Air's like gender identity and sexual identity, fundamentally Kobabi in Air teens and 20s is just an awkward kid trying to figure out Air place in the world. And I think there's something incredibly relatable to all of that. And he's also a geek, right? The way Kobabi <laughs> geeks out about on Harry Potter. Or it, Johnny Weir, the, yeah. Right, but that's the book that got Air interested in reading. He had a, had difficulty learning how to read until Air Mom read Harry Potter. The irony is not lost upon me about that, by the way. Oh, yeah, right? That is interesting. Yeah, no, I think that's fundamentally what makes genderqueer so so relatable, right? Kobabi is fundamentally just an awkward teenager trying to navigate the world. And sexuality and gender identity obviously is a big part of that. But all that aside, he's eminently just very re- relatable as a human being. It's just like a, a geeky kid just trying to do the things that uh, that he loves. I don't know what else to say. This is one of those episodes where we kind of like just... Like, we don't have much more to say because we love it. <laughs> a like snakes growing up. 
like it's hard it's hard it's hard to talk about this book in terms of like its story in terms of its because it's 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 a pretty straightforward memoir and it's not really narrative driven it's well i guess there is this element of kobabi eventually deciding hey i'm gonna at the end next time i'm gonna come out like finally reveal like being upfront about air identity and to other people well one thing that left me wanting more and that made me a little angry at kababe reading this book and again this because you're rooting for the hero a is the hero of their own story is the pushback on not pushing back about the pronouns the teaching the art class and not revealing who they really were and hiding air identity and it's not until like the very end of the book and it leaves it unresolved in that art class A are teaching that maybe I won't say it, but if I do say it, people, it might change someone's life because maybe there's another kid in the room. And I really found myself, especially in the first reading, like shouting at the pages, like, come on, like embrace who you are. And there's only that, that one page of a walking with the floral prints that shows the true and, and pun intended, I guess, no pun intended, pride with who they were in like a professional a social a personal setting it really only happens in the last gosh 10 pages of the book man and i don't know why did that, i don't know that maybe, you, maybe, that, maybe that's the 10 yeah yeah why did that make you angry no it's it, it's not anger that's that's the tension of angry. the book oh okay I yeah can, i i can really the whole book was leading up to that moment right and a's journey is like just beginning you know, right, like... right. Yeah, no, I think that's important, though, right? Because like most of the book is Kobabi's just struggle attempt to struggle to figure out. First off, he thinks that he's gay, and then I think bisexual, and then find realizing I think that that he's asexual, but also then gender identity becomes this big question, and then finally there's this moment of self realization. But the next step is trying to communicate that to other people. And trying to convince other people to use heirs, heir cho- chosen, chosen pronouns, because like, as you can tell from this podcast, it is difficult and you're asking people to do some work, but at the same time, as Kobabi says, it's just a little bit of work to make her a little bit more comfortable. So Ryan, I, I feel like it's going to be hard for us to really pick this book apart because of how much we both took from it. So I'm going to ask a very obvious question. Would you recommend this book to folks? Yeah, I would. It's, I think it's an important book to read. And I, as I was saying in the beginning of the podcast, I think a lot of way people think about transgender is very simplistic. It's somebody who's biologically one gender who who views that they should be some other gender. And Kobabi's identity is a lot more complicated than that. And your journey is a lot more complicated than that. And I really love the frankness with which Kobabi really told her story. And the clarity, honestly, with which this story is told. Because there's a lot of going back and forth in terms of, I think I'm gay, or maybe I'm bisexual, maybe I'm asexual, maybe I'm this or that, before finally figuring it out. And I think seeing all of that work on the page really clarifies what a struggle it was and how not easy it was, both for herself 
and also probably in terms of articulating it to other people. And I also really respect how Kobabi just doesn't shy away from some of the physical trauma that mm -hmm. he goes through, like with a cervical like the doctor's visits, like the doctors. Yeah. It's torture. It's torture. And it, it also is something that really shows Air's discomfort with the anatomy that he was born with. And also the way that Air's discomfort is also something that Kobabi has an aunt that thinks of it as misogyny, right? You just, we, you don't like your female body. That's misogyny. And I, I really like how Kababi also leans into that as well. No, it's 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 not. It's so it's it, it's, it is, it's, it's it's interesting watching the family struggle with it. Like yeah. I I love the fact that that was part of it, and it's 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 not like a really open minded family. But this is something that they're not familiar with, and that they don't really have a way of understanding it within their own concept of sexuality and gender even though that they are as unjudgmental as they as they possibly can be there's there's something very very strange but kobabi's family also tries to understand it and they're open to kobabi's explanation of it they're not the sort of family that just sort of shuts down and so i think i think kobabi got very very lucky but in being born with the family that she had the family that she had he had sorry yeah it's something you and I were either texting or talking about this episode. We were going to try to do a, like a whole month of queer or gender identity books for Pride Month. And we went through and I have to go back, check the tape other than the Batman book, how many of them were. But something you were like, well, I don't want to read just books about like really hit the nail on the head. But at the same time, we just want to read books by queer creators. And there is a spectrum of just great books by queer creators that maybe take on queer identity with queer characters like a lot of Mariko Tamaki's books and characters but then there's books that hit the issue the understanding of it like head on and I, I think it's equally important to have both you just need to have like the sheer representation right. of just queer characters just being characters just being superheroes just being documentary style stories of of queer identity but then specifically with genderqueer and trans or asexual or bisexual identity just things that i don't understand need to be explained in like a deeply personal thing like not just for me like absolutely for me but like for other people and so i don't know i don't we, we when we were talking about like the books we wanted to select look technically grant morrison is bisexual technically robin is bisexual jonathan kent superman's son is bisexual there's a lot of books grant morrison is non-binary also right but it's and the question is, it's like, okay, I think, I think that satisfies it to read a bunch of their work, but it doesn't really hit the nail on the head of me trying to come to grips with understanding something. Oh, right, right, like, right, right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I look, I totally understand. And look, if, if you can rate, write great comics, I don't care about your gender identity, Grant Morrison. I do. And I don't, that's cool. But let's like, I'm like, I'm in it for like a weird Grant Morrison comic. But at the same time, there's a lot of non-binary that I just don't understand. Like, I, I just, I admit freely. And so I need to read a book like Genderqueer. I think we need, like, so we need the representation of characters, of creators, et cetera, to just bring perspectives. But I think we need, like, primer 101 books like this. And there aren't enough of them. So, and and I'm glad it had to be done in a personal memoir. This wasn't Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud. This was me coming to terms with myself in my own catharsis. And I think because it was deeply personal, it was deeply specific. I 
I think that's that's literally what hacks the source code of people's empathy. Anyway, that's my my answer to my own question is, look, do I think elementary school kids should be reading it? Eh, probably not, but I don't think my daughter should be reading books about boys and girls or girls and girls kissing yet. Like, but at the same time, I think past your teen years or approaching your teen or adolescent years, I, I think this is a book you have to read to understand that you or your friends or people in your school might be having a different experience other than yours. Yeah, I, I and I think again, Kobabi just articulates it so so well and so clearly, and with such empathy. Yeah, it's it's envious how good they are at this. <laughs> it's really pleasant and upsetting to see someone so good at their craft, and make it look so easy. But Ryan, I think we've said all there is to be said. Not really about gender. Well, not training. really. Yes. So it's important, and everyone should read it. But I have a more important question, Ryan. Oh, God, I cannot even imagine what that question would be. <sighs> Ryan, what are we reading next week? So next week, we're actually going to read a comic by another non-binary creator, Grant Morrison, who, of course, we are the ultimate Grant Morrison fanboys. You probably heard their name mentioned more than once on this podcast. But in contrast to Maya Kobabi's Gender Queer, which, of course, detailed Kobabi's questions of gender identity, we are going to be reading Morrison's Aztec the Ultimate Man, which was a 10-issue <laughs> superhero comic that ran from 1996 to 1997. Aztec was actually a DC Comics hero. He was not particularly well-known, though he did appear in multiple issues of Justice League. I actually have not read Aztec, but remember reading rave reviews about it back when it was sort of this new thing coming out. And I'm really looking forward to, to digging into it. It's called The Ultimate Man. How can it not be, like, completely fucking ridiculous? Almost as popular as the Pontiac Aztec, I would imagine. Pontiac Aztec. What is Pontiac Aztec? It's a car that sucked. Oh, sorry. I don't know a car. Oh, yeah, it is. Do you think they named it after the car? It's actually spelled the exact same way. They both came out around the same time. So we'll find out next week. By the way, when you Google Pontiac Aztec, and I'm sorry, I'm not a car person, the people also ask, why is the Pontiac Aztec the worst car ever? Was the Pontiac Aztec a failure? Why was the Pontiac Aztec discontinued? And is the Pontiac Aztec the ugliest car? Hopefully we will not be asking those questions of Aztec, the ultimate man. Because he is, after all, the ultimate man. Tune in next week. And that's our show. Like what you heard? Be sure to share with a friend, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. See lots of pretty pictures of the books we read at qtdcomics.com. And since we're sure no one's listening, prove us otherwise. Shoot an email over to say what I got right and what Ryan got wrong. qtdcomics at gmail.com. Give you a social media handle, but we're old, and that feels like too much work. I'm Roman Segel. And I am and have always been Ryan Joe.
to be girls who do boys like their girls who do girls like their boys It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.